And he did the same with the cup after supper, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Our second scripture reading is from Matthew chapter 5, verses 44 and 45. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. 21 years ago, Americans watched the collapse of the World Trade Center and the Pentagon in horror as the terrorists attacked it. 9-11 left nearly 3,000 people dead in the New York City, Washington, D.C., and Shackville, Pennsylvania. The world was in shock. The nation has changed since then. Two weeks ago, I visited Ground Zero and the 9-11 museums to refresh my memory of what happened to this country 21 years ago. It was during a weekday, but still many people were visiting the Ground Zero and the 9-11 museum. Watching fragments of the collapse, the Twin Tower, and burned fire trucks, and listening to people screaming, crying through their video presentation, I could not help but felt sad, and my heart became heavy and solemn. After the tour of the 9-11 Museum, I stood for a while in front of the memorial pool that has all the victims' names. And I prayed for the victims. And for those who died on that day and the sacrifices their lives to save others. It was a moment that I felt pain and sorrow for the tragedy, and at the same time felt gratitude for their sacrifice. There is a saying about 9-11, we never forget. I want to ask you, I want you to ask yourself, as Christians, why should we never forget about that event? And I want you to rethink the sentence, we never forget, this way. We must remember. and make a connection with the gospel lesson that we read this morning. The gospel of Luke that we read this morning is a 
periscope of the Last Supper. It was a Passover meal that Jesus took with his disciples before he was handed over to the Roman soldiers to crucify, to be crucified. This is a scene that gives us the reason why we need to celebrate the Holy Communion as a face of community as often as possible. The Gospel says, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let me ask of you what Jesus wanted his disciples and us to remember about through the practice of Holy Communion. His suffering, his crucifixion, his death. That would be right answers if we see it from our perspectives. Please know that the Holy Communion is not from us, but from God. It is God's gifts that provided us without any price. God set Holy Communion and the sacraments so that we could receive God's grace. Thus, if we understand the Holy Communion, not from our lens, but from the lens of God, the communion, is not a call to remember of Jesus' suffering and Jesus' sacrificial atonement for our sins. But rather, it is a call to remember of God's love through his only son, Jesus Christ. And of God's love that made us free from the bondage of sins and then gives us new life in Christ. <coughs> That's why we call the Holy Communion Thanksgiving, the great Thanksgiving. You might wonder why it is a matter for us to remember the Holy Communion as God's love rather than God's suffering, God's death. This is because it changes our status from sinner to the children of God. When Jesus took the cup and blessed it, Jesus said, this is a new covenant for you and for many and for forgiveness of sins. It means that through Jesus' loving act, Jesus made a new covenant with us as a children of God and our broken relationship with God has been restored and renewed. Please note that the first Holy Communion happened on the night of Passover. 
theologian Rene House says the Jewish people celebrate celebrated the Passover by taking a living bread in remembrance of what God had done for their ancestors and how God faithfully delivered their ancestors from the bondage of slavery and death. However, she says, Jesus reinforces the meaning of remembrance through the partaking his body and blood by emphasizing his presence and his saving grace in that action. It means that as we participate in the Holy Communion, Jesus invites us to remember how much God loved us and how much God still loves us and to make a new covenant with us as his beloved children of God. Instead of evoking our guilty feeling about Jesus' death. Yes, there's a shameful part in the gospel that Jesus, the Son of God, had to suffer, crucify, and die on the cross because of our sin. We should not never forget that part. But the greater part that we must remember is the love of God <coughs> that redeemed our sin and saved us from the bondage of sin and had us the beloved children of God. Let me share with you a quote from a biblical scholar, Fred Craddock. He says in his commentary, quote, the Passover lamb, which is Jesus Christ, was not a sin offering. The Passover lamb was a seal of a covenant offered to the faith community by God who sets us free, quote. Let's go back to the question that I asked of you at the beginning of my sermon. Why should we remember about 9-11? Firstly, we should not, we should never forget about, we should never forget that the 9-11 tragedy happened because of evil power. For many, 9-11 is remembered as a time that people realized that evil exists in the world. I would say it was not just evil, but great evil. The evil people brought the tragedy to this country by killing so many people, innocent people, just one day. And many people questioned where God was on that day. Why didn't God protect the people from that tragedy?
This is the second part that we must remember. Our God was not silent on that day. God was crying for this country. God suffered with us. God was trying to restore this country that was broken by the evil power with his goodness. That's exactly what God had done through his suffering, death, and the resurrection to save his people. God could stop Jesus from crucifixion and dying on a cross. But God chose not to. Because God wanted to show to the world that how great God is by conquering death and defeating against the evil power. And showing to the world how greater his love was than anything else. So church, we must remember 9-11 as a day when God actively worked in our lives with his love. It is true that for many Americans, 9-11 is remembered as a day that the whole nation was united as one to love one another help and save one another and encourage one another. When the evil people were celebrating their victory over the collapsed World Trade Center, God sent his good people to restore the tragedy, to wipe their tears and to bring hope to this country. We remember the pictures of our courageous firefighters and police or the hundreds of people standing patiently in line to donate blood and to save others. And also many Christians remember that day as a day that many people returned back to God and discovered, experienced God's love they healed their broken and lost hearts. That helped Americans to stay strong to overcome the tragedy. And it gave us hope to continue to move forward for the bright future. That is the power of love. Let's take a moment and reflect on the following questions. Where are we now, 21 years after that tragedy? How has this country responded to that tragedy? How would you like to remember that event? And how would you like to retell the story to our next generation?
Can you forgive those who attacked our country? While researching, I found a great story related to 9-11. So let me show you the video clip. My name is Joel Meyerowitz. I'm a photographer and I spent nine months inside Ground Zero in the days after 9-11. This is a photograph made on March 30th, 2002, and it's in the southern part of the site, actually inside the South Tower. And I was walking along down here when this fireman called out to me and came running down the slope and handed me this Bible that he found. And it was just an astonishing gift out of the blue. Here it is. It's a Bible that melted to a piece of heart-shaped steel. And here at under retaliation in verse 38 it says, Ye have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But then Verse 39 says, But whoever smite thee on thy right cheek, you turn the other to him also. Out of all the pages in the Bible I would be open to, that was remarkable. You know, the guy that handed it to me was a fireman. If I was to guess what was in his mind at that moment, I, I would think that he saw a Bible. And the Bible has such symbolic significance to all of us regardless of our beliefs, that he, he just instinctively knew that this was something worth seeing. When I received the Bible, I could see how fragile it was. Even though it was on a piece of steel, it, its surface was fragile. So I had a scarf with me, and I wrapped the Bible up in my scarf, and I put it in one of my shoulder bags, and I kept it in my studio here for a couple of years with a bunch of other artifacts I found waiting for the day that I could give it to the right institution. I held on to this Bible until 2010 when I, I'd been working with the people inside the 9-11 Memorial Museum and I thought they should really have this. It shouldn't be sitting in my studio and it could be there as some kind of uh, iconic image for the millions of visitors who can come to the museum. I don't know what people are going to feel when they see this Bible, but I hope they have a sense of wonder and awe. It, it's like a story of survival. This thing has survived, and it seemed to me that its destiny then is to go back into the public so that the public could see how something as fragile as a bunch of pieces of paper in a book could be saved and have survived this incredible tragedy. And it's going to carry some message about the way the word of the Bible has survived through centuries, through millennia of, of history. The Bible that survived through 9-11 reveals the true intent that God has for his people. That is, do not pay back evil with evil. 
God does not want his people to seek revenge with the same method that the evil people used to attack them. Instead, God intends his people to love their enemies and to pray for their persecutors. That is how God demonstrated us his great love through the Holy Communion. And through his cross. And through the practice of Holy Communion, God wants us to remember how God loved us and how God still loves us and how God wants us to live, to share God's love with others and with those who hurt us and who give us harm. Brothers and sisters, please know that there is a search of freedom when we open our hearts to love those around us. Yes, we love on those who are hurting and those who are alone and those who need help. But the true testament of Jesus is to love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your Father in the heaven. I know it is a challenging task for us to follow. But remember, if we withhold forgiveness and mercy, we allow bitterness and hatred to take root the perfect end to Satan's plan. Don't let the Satan win any battles. Remember, love is the greatest trump card of all times. And let it be so. Amen.